Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Hope you're all having a great chat about what are you living for. My name's Ray. I'm here to give us the uh, Bible reading this morning. Um, So let's flip to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, and we'll start reading from verse 21 in a moment. And uh, I'll just pray for Brother Anton before he uh, gives us our sermon this morning. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I'd like to pray for uh, our brother Anton. I pray that you'll speak uh, powerfully through him by your spirit. I pray for uh, us all uh, listening this morning, uh, that we would listen with uh, humble hearts, uh, hearts uh, ready to change, hearts ready to uh, yeah, look, look at ourselves. And I pray by your spirit that you'll show us uh, areas in our life that we need to, to change, that we need to redirect towards your glory. I pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, uh, verse 21. Philippians is a book, uh, is a, a letter to the church in Philippi, written by Paul. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the, bo- in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what should I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now, and here that I still have. This is God's word. Um, morning. Um, if you haven't met me before, like Ray said, my name is Anton. Uh, and I am one of your missionary partners here. Uh, I serve Jesus at Griffith Uni here at Nathan Campus, and we work together with Christian students on campus uh, to really to proclaim Jesus, to encourage students to stand up for Jesus, and really to consider Jesus while they're on, on uni. Um, in fact, we work together with all of you here uh, this morning as CPE. Uh, that is through your prayers, through your care, through your money, uh, you have always been working with us together uh, in making Jesus known on campus. And so thank you again for your partnership in the gospel. And, you know, I'm looking forward uh, to see what God will be doing this year uh, through you and through me. Uh, please join me in prayer again as we continue. Gracious Father, we thank you for inspiring all scripture by the, your Holy Spirit so that we can know you better, so that we can love you better, and so we can love others better. Father, please be with us for the remaining hour of this time. Give us ears to hear. Lord, open our hearts to embrace your word. 
Lord, give us confidence in you that no matter what happens in our lives, you are with us. And so we praise you this morning for, for what you've done in our lives through your son. For the sake of your son, we pray. Amen. Well, Happy New Year, 2022. Um, as we look back to 2021, uh, what a year that had been. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what happened uh, in your lives last year, uh, but every time I think about a new year, every time I start a new year, I often think about, what did I miss last year? Uh, maybe like Zeke, you know, I didn't get to finish my new year resolution. Uh, or perhaps, what were the things that I didn't get to do last year and hoping to do them again this year? Uh, it's probably like, I don't know if you play a game of Monopoly. Um, as you go around the board, you know, one round, uh, you hope you can land on that particular space so that you can buy that space, so that you can complete your property set, so that you can put houses, you can put hotels, so that you can charge to whoever land on that space with really, really high rent. I don't know, 10 millions or 20 millions, so that you can gain a lot of money so you can be the winner of that game. And so first round, you didn't get to land to that space and you waited for the next round hoping you would land on that space again. But unfortunately, no. The next round came, the same thing happened, you didn't get it. Until the third round or fourth round, you actually got it. You landed on that space that you've been waiting for. You actually want to buy that space so that you can complete your property set. And you got it. You start charging all the players with really, really high rent. You put houses, you put uh, hotels there. And after a while, all other players have to pay a lot of money to you and they lose all their money. You became the last player in the game. You are the winner of that game. But what happens when the game ends, all the money goes into the box. All the properties, all the hotels, all the houses, they all go inside the box. Now friends, this year you might be thinking, what did I miss last year, 2021? What did I miss last round of my life? What do I need to do this year, this round, 2022, so that I can win this game of life? But whatever you do, you and I, we cannot be the winner because when your game ends, when you stop breathing, everything you have acquired in life, houses, cars, money, you cannot take them when you go into the box. Whoever you are this morning, whether you're rich or not so rich, whether you're smart or not so smart, whether you're good-looking or not so good-looking, um, you and I, one day, we go inside the box with nothing. And that point, at that point, you will realize one thing, one thing only that matters. It's not your house, it's not your money, it's not your job, it's not your car, it's not even your family. What really matters in your life and in my life is when we stand face to face with our God, creator of this universe. And the questions will be asked is this, is God your friend or is he your enemy? If he is your friend, then to be in that box, what we call coffin, to die is gain. No more suffering, no more pain, no more tears. But if God is still your enemy, even though you gain the whole world, 
even though you gain a lot of things in life, then to be in that box, to die is actually a loss. Friends, this morning, my hope and desire, with, like with every single one of us this year, that we will live for Christ, we will live for Jesus even more, so that we can say to our souls, we can say to our minds, to our hearts, that to die is gain, that when life is tough, we can still have joy, we still can have hope, we can still have confidence, that one day we will be with the Lord forever. And that's what really matters the most, isn't it? Okay, let's open God's Word from Philippians chapter 1. Um, please, I'm working. Philippians chapter 1, uh, verses 21 to 30, if you have that in you. Now, quickly, a bit, a bit of context here. Philippians is a letter, as uh, Ray uh, told us. It's written by a man named Paul. Paul, a Christian killer who became a Christian to be killed, because of Jesus. A Christian killer became a Christian to be killed because of Jesus. And when Paul wrote this letter, he was in prison, roughly around 62 AD. That was two to five years before he was actually executed. Um, and he was there in the prison, not because he's done anything wrong, but simply because he's been telling others about Jesus. And Paul wrote this letter to the church in Philippi, really to encourage them in the Lord to keep living their lives for Jesus. Uh, he started with giving thanks to God for the gospel partnership in chapter 1, uh, early, earlier verses. And he wanted them to know that even though he's in prison, the gospel is still being proclaimed. And he rejoiced because of that. And we're going to pick up from verse uh, 21. Paul continues to give reasons uh, to Christians in Philippi why he and also the Philippians to have confidence even in the midst of suffering. Have a look in verse, verses uh, 21 to 23. Uh, Paul wrote this, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm going go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am thrown between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. Friends, as we can see there, Paul is very clear. For him, it doesn't really matter whether he would be out of prison, dead or alive. Right? Even if he has to die... It is gain for him. Death for Paul is better, far better than living in the body because he is so confident that he's going to be with Jesus as we see in verses 22 and 23. Now, for Paul, it doesn't mean death is a good thing um, in and of itself. We know from our experience, death is real. Um, it, is, it is painful. When we lose someone we love, we, we grieve. So this morning, I do not want to undermine the reality, but also the pain of death. But friends, death can bring something good, something better, something far better than the death itself. And for Paul, he knows his present life, even when it's hard, even when it's tough, it cannot be compared with the glory ahead of him. He sees life is more than what it is here on earth. He knows if he does, he will be with the Lord. No more pain, no more suffering, no more tears. I remember Angus when, when my dad passed away. Um, and I think about probably last month, and he, he asked me, oh, where's Akong? We, we call him Akong. It like, means grandfather. 
And then he, he asked me where's Akong, and I said Akong is uh, passed away already. And I asked him, are you sad? Are you sad? Uh, Daddy's sad. And then he actually told me, no, no, I'm, I'm happy. Oh, why are you happy? Because Akong is with the Lord. Even for four years old, he understands that if you believe in Jesus, you will be with the Lord. And that keeps us happy. And this really what keeps Paul really going even in the midst of suffering. And so he's one man in the prison. is so confident about death. Why is he so confident? It is because he knows that he belongs to Jesus who says this in John eleven twenty five. Jesus says this, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Paul knows that he belongs to someone who died and came back to life, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. This morning, I'm not sure whether you're ready to die or not. You know, you know, as we see, COVID cases, is every, they're everywhere. It was zero case. Now, like, I don't know, 2,000, I don't know, today, uh, um, case numbers. Um, but you and I can have the same confidence as Paul. We can see death not as the end of life, but it's the beginning of a new life with Jesus. We'll be able to see death as a gain, not some, really something that is good, because we'll be with the Lord forever. All of us this morning, like Paul, we all can have the confidence that to die is gain. But we cannot have that confidence until we live for Christ. We cannot have that confidence until we live for Christ. Now, you probably have heard the name Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ. Well, Christ there is not a surname like maybe Wong or Luz or Smith or Freeman or Chitra Veliputin uh, or whatever you, you, uh, surname you have. Uh, Christ there is a title. It, it literally means the anointed one. Um, it is a kingly language. That is, when someone is anointed, he is the king. And for Jesus to have that title is really important because that means Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the king. But he's a different kind of king. Because if all the kings of this world fail to obey God, King Jesus obeyed God perfectly by dying on the cross for his people. Not only that, Jesus also is the one and only king who rules forever because of his resurrection and ascension. So when Paul says to live is Christ, it's really to, to live a kind of life that puts Jesus as the king. We do not live for ourselves anymore, but we live for King Jesus. We obey him, we enjoy him, we, we treasure him, we serve him, we delight in him, we honor him. It's all about King Jesus. You see, the world will say the opposite. To live is, is for yourself. You are the king of yourself. To live is to obey desires of your sinful desire hearts. To live is to enjoy your life as much as you can. To live is to possess more and more stuff. To live is to get everything that we see with our lustful eyes. To live is to achieve something significant in life that will make us prideful. It is all about me, myself, and I. 
Now, of course, please don't hear me saying that we cannot pursue things like money, uh, career, fame, happiness, or any of God's good creations. As if like that there's nothing to be enjoyed in, the lo- in this life. Of course, but, of course not, but all our pursuits of life, all our enjoyment is to be put under King Jesus. He must become greater than anything else in this world. He is the greatest treasure in life, better than your money, better than your fame, better than the approval of others, better than anything in life. And Paul will show exactly that, uh, that in chapter 3, later on, this is what he wrote. But whatever were gains to me, that is all his religious performance, um, now I consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ. Do you see that, friends, this morning? Do you really feel that in your life is Jesus, is King Jesus greater than anything else in, in your life? Can you say to yourself, really deep down in your heart, even if I don't get what I want in life this year or a year after that, King Jesus is still great. Even if I had to lose everything in life, it is gained because Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough for he has saved me and saved you from our sins. Friends, to live is Christ is really to put Jesus as the king of our lives. We do not live for ourselves anymore, but we live for him. We live for the king who died for us, and that's enough. We live for him in such a way that he is the greatest treasure in our lives. And when we live that kind of life, it's really we will see death as a gain. And that is the confidence that the Apostle Paul has even when he's in prison, even when he knows he might lose everything. Jesus is enough for him. And that is the confidence that you and I have and can have this morning, when we put our Jesus as our King, as our greatest treasure in life. Now, before he dies, Paul wants to go to Colosseum, uh, enjoying a gladiator match while sipping his wine cup and, and eating olives. Well, no, no, that, that was the wrong, by the way, just in case you didn't pick that up. Uh, what did Paul want before he died? He wants to live for others for the sake of of the gospel. Have a look in verse 24. Um, This is what it says. I'll pick up from verse 23. I am torn between the two. I decide to to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. For you. There we see Paul wants to live for the sake of Christians in Philippi. And two reasons for that, uh, quickly. First, Paul wants to live for the progress of their faith. For the progress of their faith. Have a look in verse 25 there. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. Friends, Paul understands very well that Christian faith must not be stagnant. 
It is, it is progressing. It is growing. It is growing into maturity, slow or fast. It doesn't really matter as long as it's growing. If you believe that once you have put your trust in Jesus and that's it, you can just sit back and relax, well, you're missing the whole point of being a Christian. That's why Paul wants to encourage these Christians, assuring them that he is with them for the progress of their faith. He desires to see their faith to grow. But the question is, how does faith grow? We know it is through the hearing of the Word of God. As we consume the Word of God privately on Sundays at Mom's Group, CIAYF, Live Group, Sunday School, wherever you are, whenever you are, when we hear the Word of God, it is for our progress of faith. We be encouraged by the Word, we be challenged by the Word, we'll be corrected by the Word. And because of that, our faith we grow stronger and stronger each day. And when life gets really, really tough, we can still stand firm in the faith. And so that was the first reason Paul wants to remain in, 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 with the Philippines, the progress of their faith, especially as they face suffering for the sake of the gospel, uh, which we'll pick up later in the sermon. Okay, second reason... Um, why Paul wants to remain with, with the Philippines is, is for the joy in the faith, as we can see there at the end of verse uh, 25. For the joy in the faith. Now, friends, there's a big difference between happiness and joy. Sometimes we think about joy, oh, it's all about being happy. Um, you know, everyone in this world wants to be happy. Mm-hmm. It's like this song. You probably know this song. I'm not going to sing it. Uh, I have a bad voice, except in the shower. Mm. Ain't got no place to lay your head Somebody came and took your bed Don't worry, be happy The landlord say your rent is late He may have to legitimate. Don't worry, be happy Well, you can't always just be happy By singing that song, can you? We know from time to time it's very easy for us to be unhappy from a small thing, perhaps like, you know, seeing a cockroach roaming around in your room. Not happy about it. Not happy. To a big thing, for example, not getting a job that I want. I'm just not happy. You get frustrated. Or when you don't get what you want for New Year, not happy. Or when one of your garden plants die, you feel sad about it. Or when you're in the middle of putting your kids in the car, hoping to go somewhere on time, then one of your kids did number two, and you have to change their nappy. Not happy about it. Well, that was me, by the way. Um, or when you're late for church because the, or you're late for your lunch because your, the preacher is taking too long, you feel hangry, you know, hungry and angry at the same time. Um, hopefully, I'm not making you hangry right now. Um, you see, friends. The point is, a lot of situations in life can easily make us unhappy. But when we talk about joy in the Bible, it's different from just being happy. It's it's more than that. It's a deep, lasting feeling, even when our present situation is so bad and it's so hopeless. You see, friends, joy doesn't get stuck in the present. It's always look forward to the future. That is joy. Even when life is tough, we can learn to see, I say to learn, to see 
beyond now and be joyful. Now, this morning, I'm not saying that you need to pretend to be happy um, because I don't want to dismiss your feelings, your sad feelings. Paul's message is not about, come on, guys, toughen up. Just don't worry and be happy. In fact, even for Paul, he was actually not happy about things. He was actually anxious about things. And you can have a read later in chapter 2, a story of his fellow worker, Epaphroditus. Paul was actually anxious about him. Paul was not really happy about it. Here's the bottom line. Here's what Paul is on about. He wants Christians, the Philippines, to have joy in the faith. That is, believing that everything is going to be okay. That the best is yet to come, even if we have to wait until the Lord Jesus to come back and to set everything right. But meanwhile, we can have joy too as we're fellowshipping with one another as Christians as we encourage one another in the Lord. I think this is what Paul means in verse 26. Here's what he he says. uh, Verse 26, So that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. There we see Paul wants to make it clear that by being there with the the Philippians face to face, in person, that is when he gets out from prison, that will make them boasting or rejoicing in Christ Jesus even more on account of Paul They will rejoice in Christ Jesus simply because Paul is out of prison. Being there with them strengthened God's people in Philippi, especially as they face difficult times because of the gospel. Then in verse 27, Paul is encouraging them to live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. And this is really important. This is really probably the most important thing Paul wants them to remember. In fact, if you have a different translation, um, if you have Christian Standard Bible, the verse got translated closer to the original. Uh, It begins with this phrase, just one thing. It's like, if you forget all what I've been talking about, don't forget this one thing. Remember this one thing. Live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. And in verse 27, the word conduct there has a deeper meaning. It means to live as a citizen. Now, it's helpful at this stage that to know that Philippi was actually a Roman colony. And by this time, you know, Roman citizens actually live in Philippi. That is, even though they live far away from Rome, as you can see in the map, no matter where they are, they ought to behave as a good citizen of Rome, they will still need to live a life worthy of King Caesar. It's like, for example, if you are a citizen of Australia in overseas, you still need to behave as a good citizen of Australia. Now, friends, this morning, as Christians, we don't simply live as a good citizen of Rome or as a good citizen of Australia. We also live as a good citizen of heaven, even when we're still here on earth, even when heaven seems so far away. It's so far away, isn't it? We still need to live a life worthy of our King Jesus. So ask yourself this morning, will King Jesus be honored if I do this? Will King Jesus be honored if I don't do this? Now, of course, Christianity is not about doing good things in order to be saved, but it doesn't mean that we do nothing after, we, after being saved. 
if only if we only want Jesus as our savior but not as our king again we're missing the whole point of being a Christian and I totally understand living a life worthy of King Jesus is not an easy task uh, that's why I think uh, you know we can do this together as Paul suggested in the rest of verse 27 Paul wants Christian to actually stand firm in one spirit striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and that really reminds us what Jesus prayed in, if you know your Bible well, in John 17. Uh, the believers are to be, in, to be in unity with the Father and with each other so that the world may believe the Father sent Jesus. And so as we live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ, as we live as a good citizens of heaven, as we stand firm in one spirit, striving together for the sake of the gospel, then people will see the real message of the gospel through our lives, through my life. But when we live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ, when we live out our identity as Christians, as citizens of heaven, it doesn't always mean everything will be okay, that there won't be any challenges in life. It's quite the opposite, actually. As we live as Christians, expect suffering. And this might look different from one person to another. Some of you might have to lose friendship because of your faith. People might sneer at you, gossip you know, about you behind your back just because you don't behave like the world. You know, others might not get a job permission, a promotion simply because you're a Christian. And we see there, here, Paul is encouraging us with three things when it comes to suffering. Really quickly. Uh, firstly, when we suffer because of our faith, it is a sign, as we can see the, there in verse 28, it is a sign that you and I are really true Christians. It's a bit oxymoron, uh, true Christians, but... You, you get what it means. Like, it shows that we will win in the end and our persecutors will lose. They will be destroyed because they don't believe in Jesus. And secondly, when we suffer because of our faith, it is a gift. We can see this in verse uh, 29, the language of uh, being granted. Uh, you know, friends, some people think Christianity is, is all about living well in this world get saved from hell, receive blessing from God, living free from any suffering. But that's not what the Bible teaches us, as we can see really clearly. The Bible teaches us that, that not only that we've been granted, that is, we've been gifted to believe in Jesus, but we've also been granted to suffer for His sake. And we know maybe you're not yet suffered uh, because of your faith, but Christians are not free from any suffering in general, just because we're living in this broken world. And once you become Christians, you, do, you don't become a suffering-proof person when you believe in Him. However, however when we suffer, we, we see suffering as a gift from God. It's never a mistake. It's never an accident. It's always part of God's plan to shape us, to change us, to mold us to be more like Jesus. And lastly, when we suffer because of our faith, it is normal. <laughs> so it is normal, friends. In verse, 20, uh, verse 30, Paul in prison wants to encourage the Philippines, but also to encourage you and I that it's okay to suffer because we have the same struggle. Just don't give up your faith. For we're all in this battle together. Hashtag in this together. And as Christians, as a church community, we can help one another when we suffer. We encourage each other to stand firm in the midst of suffering. Okay, let me wrap this up before you get hangry. Um, 
I can draw to a lot of implications from this text uh, this morning. Uh, there's so many uh, there. But perhaps just two implications as we start New Year, uh, 2022. First, if you are still considering who Jesus is this morning, just one thing. Just one thing. Live for King Jesus, the one who died for your sins. You know, ask yourself this, what are you living for in life? Are you living for money? Are you living for your career, reputation, or fame? You know, some of you have been working really, really hard, just so hard, just to get all those things. But you know, in the very deep down in your hearts, you're still not satisfied. Because you always just want to get more. And friends, it doesn't really matter if you gain the whole world, if you can have all the things that this world can offer, but when you die, when you're in that box, only one thing matters. Is God on your side or not? And no matter how hard you try, you and I cannot save ourselves from the judgment to come. Everyone is held accountable for what they did on earth. But here's the invitation for you. Come. Come and live for King Jesus, the one who died for your sins. Please talk to your Christian friends today if they brought you here. Uh, talk to me, talk to Pastor Iggy. Uh, if you really want to consider Jesus to be your king, if you really want to live for King Jesus. Secondly, if you have already put Jesus as your king, just one thing, just one thing to remember this year. Live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. That is, if you're Christians, then live like one. You are a citizen of heaven. We're just passing through this world. Even when heaven seems so far away, it's so far away, we still need to continue to live life worthy of our King. You know, when life is tough, it's very easy for us to be tempted to live like the world. It's very easy for us to, to just sit back and relax and enjoying our comfort life without wanting to stand up for Jesus whenever, wherever you are. It's very easy for us not to speak up about Jesus so that we won't get into troubles. Or when, when life is just too hard to the point that we think we're better off going to heaven soon. No more pain, no more suffering, no more tears. But brothers and sisters in Lord, hanging there, the best is yet to come. Stand firm in the faith. Together we encourage as one community, together one another, encourage one another in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Even when we have to suffer for a little while, our sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory ahead of us. That is our hope. That is our confidence. That, our, that is our joy as we enter this new year. And as we look forward to a better place, to a better city, to a better home prepared by Jesus for you and me. Amen. Please join me in prayer. Gracious Father, we come before you. Would you grant some of us this morning here the gift of salvation? Would you open their hearts and minds to see Jesus as their King as their greatest treasure in lives. Would you draw them into yourselves through your Son, Jesus Christ, to be loved, to be forgiven, 
to be included in your family. And so, Father, please help them by your Holy Spirit. Gracious Father, would you also grant us hope and joy, confidence for those who have put their trust in Jesus. This year, Lord, that we can trust you all the more, not in ourselves, but in you alone. Would you please help us? Would you please help us to live a life worthy of the gospel, to live as citizens of heaven, help us to stand firm even in the midst of suffering. We know life is tough, and we know life will be even tougher. But would you grow our love for you and for one another as we start this new year and as we look forward for our home in heaven, a better city, a better place for us. Through your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, brother. Sister.